Hey everybody, Jim Sammons here, and welcome to the Kayak Fishing Show Live. As always, brought to you by Ballast Point Brewing Company. Today we're having my favorite one, longtime favorite, Grapefruit Sculpin. Ah, so good. Uh, so many good beers from them. So we haven't done one of these in a long time. Um, kind of took some time off. Uh, of course, like I said, we are brought to you by Ballast Point, as well as all of our other great sponsors that are scrolling across the bottom right now. Um, like I said, we took a little bit of time off, watched a lot of baseball. World Series starts today. Uh, I don't know who's going to be watching that. But I personally, I know I've heard some people negative on sports and all that. But for me personally, baseball was like the greatest distraction during all this COVID and political nonsense going on. So I quite enjoyed this baseball season and uh, looking forward to the Dodgers losing in, uh, in this World Series. So go Tampa Bay. Um, the... Uh, other reason I took some time off, you know, I, ha I haven't been fishing and, and <laughs> reason baseball is a great distraction. I haven't been able to fish because my back um, did get out hoop netting a couple of times. So got, had a few nice lobster dinners, which was absolutely awesome. Um, we actually shot a video of us uh, hoop netting that um, my nephew who just finished film school. Uh, wanted to come out with us and he shot a video a separate video of us doing hoop netting so i'm actually going to be airing that in a few days and i'll, I'll give you a noti notification of when that's going to be um albert how you doing uh you coming to matt lachey in november uh not that i know of we don't have I, i've actually i finally scheduled a shoot um and it's basically we're going back to uh, louisiana um, so that's the only shoot I've got on the, on the books right now. So we're wide open. Um, Andrew, how you doing from Northern Ireland? Love to go to Ireland. Grant Foster, morning from New Zealand. How are you? I actually talked to some friends in New Zealand, uh, this morning, <coughs> excuse me. They invited us, uh, my wife and I to come out and, uh, except of course we're not allowed to travel there. So, um, David Swidney uh, from Down Under. How are you? You know, that's another one. I got invited to Australia. A guy said, we got to come out and shoot and kind of threw some ideas at me about Australia. And so I just randomly took a peek at flying over there. And the cheapest airline ticket was five grand. Crazy. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, travel right now is just so difficult. And, and ticket prices are nuts and everything else. Um and Marcelo from Uruguay. Wow, that's that's a. I don't know that I've ever had a viewer from Uruguay. Uh, thanks for joining us. I really appreciate it. Uh, and again, I always say this: I just absolutely love the fact that we get people from all over the world. So hopefully, the people that are watching can uh, share this with your friends, um, ask questions, do all that because that just makes for a better show. Um, you know, Facebook quite honestly kind of squashes us a little bit. 
uh, our reach. And so the more you share it, the more it helps us and the more th these we can do. Um, I did see another comment. Actually, somebody, Facebook user says, how was my surgery? Didn't have surgery. I uh, had a spinal injections, uh, x-ray guided spinal injections, which I'm probably going to have to have more. Uh, but Facebook user I imagine is watching on the kayak fishing show group page. And if you're walking, watching from the group page, it will show you as Facebook user, as you can see on the screen, rather than showing your name, um, unless you give the app permission to use your name. So uh, right when you go to it, it says something at the very top about having to give them permission. So do that. So anyway, uh, today's episode um, is one of our, well, it was our first trip to Panama with Jackson Kayak. So I had been to Panama several times, but we, uh, we went with um, Paddle Panama. It was our first trip with them. And I had been with Pesca Panama, and then this one was Paddle Panama. And then of course we've been to Los Busos as well. And on this trip with me is my good friend, James Macbeth and Ben Roussel, and both from Jackson Kayak, uh, Ben from Jackson Kayak team, and of course, James is head of marketing for uh, Jackson Kayak. So with no further ado, let's bring James up here, because he's going to join us for the chat today during the show. James, how are you? Hey, Jimmy. Cheers, Ben. I got a new hat. Did I tell you I got a new hat? No, you didn't. It's a That's Tilly. A nice... Oh, it's a Tilly. A Tilly. A Tilly. There we go. Beautiful. Well, Thanks. Cheers yeah. to you. Cheers. I got my Caesar going. You guys don't have Caesars down there. You have Bloody Marys. We have Caesars up here. What's the difference? What makes it make, makes it a Caesar? Clamato juice. <clears throat> Some crazy Canadian. I'm assuming it's Canadian because I can. I hadn't found Clamato juice. You can find it in some northern states, but no, we have know. Clamato all over. We have all kinds of really? flavored Clamato and oh, all that. Yeah, I always find it hard to find Clamato when I'm down, down in the United States. Really? Yeah, no, we have it all Maybe over. It's a Tennessee thing. I don't know. That's actually how I make my Bloody Marys is with Clamato. We just don't call them. What's a Bloody Caesar then? Uh, I don't know. Bloody hell, Harry. I know. <laughs> But they're good. They're yeah. good. Um, anyway, so James, this was our, well, heck, it was probably one of the earliest trips you and I ever did together. I think it uh, was our first trip. Was it? I think it was. Okay. I think uh, I said, yeah, you can work with Jackson only if you take me to Panama. I believe we, I ended, up taking, we ended up taking each other to a lot of places. And we've been, we've been everywhere. Yeah. This, is, this is my first um, first adventure with you and the first kind of glimpse at uh, it's, there are a lot of firsts there for me. One was salt. Now, it wasn't my first salt fishing experience. I've fished salt before, but really nothing like that. Like what's a rooster fish? What's uh, right. I, I'd catch the what I thought was the world's biggest fish. And it was just a jack because it felt like a really big fish, you know. So everything was new, you know. Uh, dealing with wind, that kind of current, boiler rocks. I think that was my first time on boiler rocks. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of new. And of well, course, yeah, yeah. And I think, I think the thing that's cool, like I said, I've done the, the Pesca Panama um, where we're on a houseboat and we move from spot to spot and you, you're with a fishing guide the whole time. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, like I said, Los Busos, which is so dialed in for kayak anglers uh, with great kayak, um, kayak fishing guides. Um, 
but it, it's kind of structured. I think one of the cool things, the thing that I really like about Paddle Panama, and I love them all equally, but just different. It's <laughs> how Paddle Panama, you're kind of self-supported. Um, you know, and so that's why I think quite honestly in this, these episodes, we got some great fish, but not a ton of fish, but mainly because we were kind of having to figure, figure it out. all out. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it was, it's going to a, a really cool destination. And, you know, although we, we kind of camped under a shelter and we had people that were feeding us and all that, but still the kayak fishing end of things, we were really having to sort it out for their particular locale. Yeah. Um, and, and that makes it a little more difficult, but also it's kind of a fun part of the challenge. Yeah. And I, and I got to watch that really for the first time, you know, there's, it's really, you know, fishing, bass fishing around here in this part of Canada, as you know, is almost every cast, you know, you, you could catch a lot of bass. It's fishing, figuring it out is really figuring out where the big fish are versus where the fish are. And I, I've never broken apart of fisheries quite like you did that trip. I do remember like, at points where you're just we we're all frustrated I, I remember there was wind one day and there was all sorts of stuff going on and you well just you know of, if, if i'm on a trip there's wind yeah you kind of <laughs> you kind of just kind of like broke off and just <clears throat> i can't remember if it made the show that part made the show but that was the first time seeing someone actually work you know you tried jigging you were poppers in the shallows you were you just went into this routine that was kind of cool and uh um you know, like you said earlier, quite a few trips later, you know, I, I get to, I figured out how to do that myself too. So this is, well, the you, are, you are now world champion. Let us never forget that. I know you'll never let us forget that. So. so there is another world champion in our midst, by the way, speaking of Caesars right down the road, there's a restaurant and the guy won the world Caesar championships. And he made his own. He makes his own tomatoes. He stews the tomatoes. He gets clams from somewhere and, and mixes them. Makes clamato juice on his own. So true story. Lots of world champions up here in Canada. Awesome. <laughs> so before we get into the episode, I mean, like I said, you're head of marketing for Jackson Kayak. How how's Jackson Kayak doing in the crazy COVID world this last year? Are we surviving? Are we? exceeding is there anything new and exciting you can even touch on well yeah i mean there's lots i mean this was a very um uh difficult period for for jackson mostly because as a manufacturer in any part of tennessee or anywhere in in, in the world right now it's very hard to get people um in safe proximity to work um at the same time the entire world wanted to kayak you know, so the good news is we had a really significant inventory that we were able to get to our dealers and sell online direct. We did direct to dealers. So people bought on our store and then we, we gave dealers margin on each purchase. So um, that went really well and sold out of our boats, basically. And then 2021, it's kind of ramping up to be a, a bit of the same. Everybody wants to stay close to home. They want to get onto the water. Um and uh, we got a new boat called the Stacks that's come out that's a little bit more approachable financially to get on the water with stability. It's a 10-footer, so um, it's got a fishing kit that comes with it, so you can use it for rec. Uh, it's one of those boats that everybody in the family can kind of figure out their own path on the water with. Um, Tony Lee, your good friend, uh, uh, designed that, so it's a performant boat for that class. So, so we just kind of started planning around 
getting people kayaking for 2021. And that, that's a you know, big reason for this boat. So, uh, and the direction that boat went. Um, that's great. It, it's per perfect timing for that. Like you said, I mean, I know it seemed like a lot of people discovered like, you know, we're on lockdown now all of a sudden it's like, Oh, what are we going to do? And they've kind of discovered kayaking and getting back outdoors and <clears throat> getting you back in touch with doing stuff with your family. And, you know, yeah. I, I think in a lot of ways, COVID's been a good thing in yeah. that small respect. Yeah, but biking, I mean, there's a lot of sectors. It's not just kayaking. Biking took a huge leap. And you can't get a mountain bike here in Canada right now. I mean, oh, just, yeah. I, I, maybe the manufacturing has turned around and, and starting to deliver again. But it's very hard to get outdoor gear right now. <laughs> like the online sales thing went through the roof. Uh, cost of delivering things, timing, it, it just it just turned into madness, really. Yeah, uh, but, and I know, but a good healthy outdoors madness. That's good. Yeah, no, it, it's awesome. Um, somebody actually had a question here where, you know, I don't know how much you want to comment on it, but uh, Jackson, you're Jackson. I, I'm going to, I'm going to, you're now Jackson. Uh, yeah. What's your thoughts on the tier? Is Eric on a winner or is it over the top? Uh, absolutely. Everything Eric EJ does is over the top. <laughs> right. You know, uh, he's uh, he's been kind of driven by um, uh, his own direction in this direction for a long time. And, and uh, um, uh, he you know, when you grow a company to the size of Jackson Kayak, you kind of you're, you're not directing anything. You're part of a big movement that kind of the company kind of goes into its own path and it has to keep. You know, your 150 employees, you got to keep them all fed and you got to, there's lots of, you know, responsibilities that kind of got to stick with. And, uh, and it's, there's some projects that we just can't, couldn't fit in. And this has been one of them for a while that he's been wanting to do. Uh, EJ and I go way back and good friends. I'm actually missing uh, Thanksgiving at his place this year. I usually go down or I went down last year for Thanksgiving. So it kind of sucks that I can't go party with my friend EJ, but, uh, uh no, the tears, uh, uh, I haven't paddled it. Um, it, unfortunately production boats are just coming out and I hadn't, didn't get a chance to paddle it before we all got shut, shut out of the U S. So, um, uh, I watched, I watched the videos like everybody else and it looks really kind of groovy and cool. It it's reminds me, it, it reminds me that the shape and design and the color patterns that he's got on it is very EJ. You know, yeah. symbolisms, a lot of people don't know this, but symbolism, especially the tear, is a very big part of his life. Um, he's, it's almost a superstition for him, and uh, that's a fun project. I think he's having a lot of fun with it. Well, that's good. I mean, I, I totally wish him luck. I know it is, it's it's a hard one to reach, that $10,000 sit-inside kayak, or sit-on-top kayak, but mm -hmm. um, it's interesting. Did you see the video? Uh, it just, just popped it up within the last couple of days with the torpedo on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cleaning upstream. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. That, that thing uh, just scooted up there. Oh, yeah. No, he likes his toys. And, uh, you know what? $10,000 is a lot of people out there who like toys. And there's oh. a lot more, a lot of people like, you know, we're not in that class who, who can afford toys. I'm speaking for myself like that, but <laughs> um, there's a lot of people that are, that are. Yeah. Well, you know, if, if there wasn't, there wouldn't be high end road bikes. There wouldn't be, Mario. you know, <laughs> yeah, I say that there wouldn't I, be the, McLarens and shit, right? I got, I got a, it's true. I, I have six, I say that, but I, I just bought this, this summer, I bought a $6,000 mountain bike. So, 
There you go. There you go. Is it an electric one? It's not an electric one. I am not that old yet. I am. They are fun. Electric yeah. mountain bikes are fun. Yeah. I was on a really high-end one, and they are a kick in the butt. I mean, it just it just lets you go farther. It lets you go higher. Um, okay. I mean, it's you're still pedaling it. You have to pedal them. It's not you know, it's not <clears> one of these <throat> on the throttle. They're super fun. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, no, uh, I I went to, to the Adventure Tourism Trade Association, and they had the, a day of adventure. And I went with your friend, Brendan Mark. And Brendan's like, oh, you get to pick an adventure. It's part of the thing. So you spend a day, and I saw a, a bike ride through the rolling hills of Tuscany, you know, it, it followed by a, an evening at a beautiful castle in a 14-course mural, something really groovy like that. Well, I chose to a regular bike, and I was given the option of an e-bike. In hindsight, <laughs> I would have chosen the e-bike. I don't know if you've ever rode through the foothills of Tuscany and cobblestone roads up into towns and crazy Italian drivers. Really, really, I was sucking wind. Me and this group of guys from Sweden were just sucking wind in the back of the, where the pentalon, but the back one. <clears throat> right, right in front of the uh, sag wagon or sweeper van where they no, they, wouldn't the wait for us. they didn't even wait for us anymore <laughs> they're, like, they're going too slow uh well david says uh well said and i like the future he's in uh, I, it, one last thing on that is is uh honestly like everything you know when there's a momentum and a different type of technology or a new approach to anything if there's enough momentum what happens is the cost of it goes down so that's the challenge, you know, carbon whitewater boats we've been doing for years with partnerships like uh, uh, Murky Waters here up in Canada and a few others. They're seven foot boats and they start at three, four thousand dollars. So uh, it's pretty hard to take that kind of customization and, and make it affordable for sure. Oh, and like you said, I mean, that's the thing. If if it does gather some interest and drive manufacturers mm -hmm. And it brings it down. God knows we would all love a carbon fiber fishing boat. <laughs> you know, I mean, <clears throat> who wouldn't want to shave 15, 20 pounds off your kayak? I would. Uh, I would uh, be every year we do market analysis for product decisions for future years. And every year, pretty close to the number one is, is weight. And in the rotor molded, let's feature laden boat world we're in right now for fishing, especially the weight is. Wait, is it? Wait, is a battleground for sure. Yeah, yeah, and they're just getting bigger and heavier. Uh, yep. Real quick, uh, Billy Rossini from Naqua says hi. Hey, Billy. Hey, Billy. How you doing, man? Good to see you. Thanks for joining us. Um, Using your batteries? I, I got them charging somewhere. Oh, I've I've got my, well, but then one right here. <laughs> my fish, my fish finder uh, went out on me. I, I our last trip to the Bahamas, I I, I think I didn't rinse it very well, so I kind of. Plugged the pin and pins in, and it didn't work. So I pulled it out, and all five, all six or seven pins stayed. <laughs> yeah, you need to put dielectric grease on there. So now anyway, you know. uh, we could sit here and chat the whole time and never run this episode. So let's run the episode. Okay. This is us uh, with uh, Paddle Panama at Bahia Honda. I think we were with Henny. With Henny Murray and. Um, Will. Uh, well, Will was our videographer, but... Uh, ben Roussel, sorry. Ben Roussel, right. Ben Roussel. I'm like, I remember Will because we have, 
I don't know if it was a made the show either, but there's a really good snake part. Yeah, yeah, we have a little snake part. Well, there's this is actually two episodes, so I don't remember what's in this episode versus the other episode. <sighs> I didn't preview it. I just queued it up. So let's let her run. I hit the right button. Yes. This week on the Kayak Fishing Show, we're in my favorite place in the world, Panama. We hooked up with Paddle Panama and a couple of my Jackson Kayak teammates, and we are out here chasing some big fish and having a great time. Stick around. It's going to be a great show. Word to the wise if your mama ain't taught you. All the shoots we've done together, how come I'm not on the opening? Uh, you got to pay more for that. <laughs> Henny Murray says, best trip ever. That was fun. It, it was a cool trip. You know, I've got some wooden platters that that guy was carving in the village. Yep. That we use those here at my house <clears throat> at least several times a week. Jackson Kayaks Kayak Fishing Show is There's brought well. to you by Jackson Kayak. One family, many waters. Body glove footwear. Featuring the new 3T barefoot water shoe. Worst shoe ever. Standard Horizon. <coughs> Nothing takes to the water like standard Horizon. How does support your sponsor by Jim Sandy? Marine. They're not a sponsor anymore. In Marine Electronics. Uh. inReach. Reach anyone, anywhere, anytime. And Hook One. Everything you need to get out there and Hook One. Ah, uh, hello. So Henny on Jackson Kayaks Kayak Fishing Show. Jim I remember it was a bit of a mission. I said the thing you got people got to remember is like this was quite a few years ago. Mm -hmm. Um it was a bit of a mission to get there as I recall. Yeah, we had uh uh it's funny cuz we got on the, the the pangas and we kept crossing families of kids boats full of kids coming back from school because they all lived in the bays and the only way that they can get to school every day is with these, these boats and you would cross them on the way through and with them was also with their parents or whoever was driving and a whole boatload of groceries that they were also picking up with the kids. So that's pretty cool, cool cultural part of it. I mean, yeah, no, I mean, I remember being a super cool trip, but I, mean, like I, said, I, I just remember it being a bit of a mission to get there, loading up the boat with all of our gear and having to run yep. to where the, the location was. Super, super cool. Anyway, let's let it run. Salmons is heading to his favorite spot to fish in the world, the west coast of Panama. Joining Jim on this adventure is Jackson Kayak team member Ben Roussel and head of Jackson Marketing, James McBeth. Well, uh, it all started with a awesome flight down. Uh, we spent uh, a day traveling and when we got here, obviously from winter wonderland to the tropical climates of Panama, we were pretty excited about going out there and fishing. After a comfortable night stay in Panama City, the guys begin the long journey to the remote village of Bahia Honda. An epic car ride through the countryside and hidden roads leads to a small beach 
where their host, Henny Moraes, owner of Paddle Panama, is waiting to take them to their home for the next week. Uh, a really a cool experience to come out here and, and just kind of be in a remote location where you can just paddle right out your door and catch all kinds of fish, shallow fish, you know, deep water fish, reef fishes, just really tremendous location. Well, right now we're in Bahia Onda, which is sort of on what we would like to call the lost coast of Panama. And it's one of my favorite spots. Uh, I started kayak fishing and getting out there on your own, hunting on your own, with no help, no assistance, and um, catching anything from a small bonito to a, to a big tuna or even maybe a, a potential mall and just totally revived my passion for fishing. Uh, I think one of the cool things about it being on a remote trip is it, it really forces you to be disconnected. You know, we're also attached to our cell phones and the internet and, and work and everything else all the time. But by going to a place where there is no internet, we're totally disconnected, except for our DeLorme for, for emergencies, um, it forces you to disconnect and really engage with everything around you and the people that are around you and, and stop looking at that stupid phone. So I think that's the thing I really like about going on more of the remote trips. Gear unloaded, the guys take the time to rig up the fleet of brand new Jackson kayak fishing kayaks that arrived a few weeks earlier. Oh yeah, I took the big rig, to fish, right? <laughs> ready to hit the water. And my old hat. That I've, I've been lucky enough to be involved in for, for many years in development of whitewater destinations worldwide. We, and whitewater destinations has always been about going to these places that have not been explored before. And when you go into a resort type location, you, you, you have that feeling that millions of people have been there before you. In this case, we got here and the, almost within a half an hour, you got off the beaten path and you got to a place where you know for sure almost nobody has ever been to on a, on a tourism-oriented trip. Jimmy sees birds. <laughs> oh, maybe not. Here you go. There was a few fish down there. I could see fish on my finder. I could see fish just swimming. I could visually see them. This guy, it got picked up, dropped, picked up, dropped. There you go. You sure? <laughs> I think I got that one. Got a big fish. <laughs> I got oh, a little nice little uh, snapper. Oh yeah, <clears throat> that's also when I learned that everything has teeth. Pretty fish. Yes, <laughs> they're fast. Stay tuned. Everything has back, teeth. The guys paddle Panama and explore the forgotten coastline on their hunt for big fish. The only thing that doesn't have to teeth really are the roosters. Jackson yeah. kayak. One family. But you can't really lip them. Learn more at jacksonkayak.com. Just the little thumb. Yeah, not the big ones. <laughs> yeah, they're usually a little heavy for that. Entered horizon. I, I I like the fact that we were all like sunburnt day one. We all came from like actually Ben came from Louisiana, right? So we should have had some back down there. <clears throat> I like immediately. I think I got immediately sunburnt. Oh, that's the that's the that's always the the tough 
thing on one of these trips on day one if you're wearing shorts and your shins or the top of your feet get fried mm -hmm. that's why i always bring uh i mean I, I tend to just fish in shorts for the most part but i always bring a pair of long pants that i can fish in for every other day or whatever yeah. just otherwise you just on a week-long trip in that sun you get baked yeah uh, Gene Wilson, watching today from the Smokies in Tennessee. Hi, Gene. Gene, what are you doing in the Smokies in Tennessee? Aren't you supposed to be in Florida all the time? I bet you she's fishing. Fishes more than we do. Horizon. <laughs> Welcome back. This week we're joined by James. The healthiest looking chickens ever. Pollo loco. In the remote close to Panama. Fishing with Paddle Panama and Bahia Honda. At least I don't have my cutoff shirt on anymore. That's just embarrassing. In the world. Day one flew by in a flash. With a long day of travel to get to the remote jungle campsite, rigging the kayaks, and getting a few hours on the water to shake the bugs out of their gear. Today, however, the guys rise with the sun. End of the tent. And start their hunt for big fish. The plan is to catch lots and lots of fish. I hope it comes to fruition. I'm not really interested in lots and lots of fish. I want one big fish. The kayak I was paddling on this trip was the uh, Jackson Kayak 2 to 14. It's just a great all around. Is that before like the Kraken? I guess so, eh? Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> it was like a, the first year, water. so you're right. Really well. It's very solid, very mm -hmm. comfortable. The seat's amazing. Had room for the J crate on the back, which I turned into a bait tank. So just a super boat. Beautiful fish. <clears throat> Come on. I always said the Kuda was kind of an SUV of kayaks. It mm -hmm. didn't excel at anything, but it was good at a lot of stuff. Yep. You know, it paddled pretty go. good. It handled surf pretty good. You could stand in it okay. Yep. It was just a really good all around boat. Second boat after the Kusa came out. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at the snapper here. Is that a mullet snapper? And the other boat we had on location pretty on this quickly, I, I find out that, or I learned that snappers can get really big. Some of the Kuberos coming out of Panama are insane. Right. Even in some, you know, a little bit bumpy conditions, it showed what a solid boat it was. But also, even though it's a big boat, he was keeping right up with us while we were paddling. So it is a because he's a stud. <laughs> it was. I did Pipes. something interesting. I think I, th I think I turned Jim Salmon's head for the first time in his life in regards to a kayak choice. I decided to bring the big rig out here. First thing <laughs> I noticed when we were shooting a promo film in, in Florida, that the big rig tended to have to carry its speed. Took a little bit more to get up to speed, but once it was up to speed, I was able to carry it with literal or no effort. So I figured let's give it a try in the big swells and the heavy current and the <clears> wind <throat> here in Panama. Uh, the one mystery to me was going to be how it was going to handle the wind. And Huge. It handled the wind. Awesome. We were out Monster uh, fish. yesterday especially, and the wind was <laughs> really, really kicking it and pushing us against the current. Uh, and I caught up with the, the CUDA 14, and I stayed with, stayed with the CUDA 14 in the big rig. I was even able to stand up in the sucker uh, and throw some flies out here in the bay to get some bait fish. That little... Uh, Little Jack of all got on a surface popper. See now, after seeing me release that little fish, right I, I probably would now would just take a big hook, big old hook, keep it, really and nice throw it out there. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like 
even uh the the it jack right here that i've got yeah, yeah. I'd be, there we go those yep. big old kubera would eat that thing yep. but uh a real fun fish these things always pull hard so even small ones give you a nice little tussle so that was fun particularly getting it on that on that we had a lot of was it really not ladyfish the needlefish Nice little fight. Is that what we had a lot of there? A lot of needlefish. Yeah. Big ones, too. From vertical yeah, as I recall, Ben caught a really, really big one. Uh -huh. So this week, I'm going to show you the setup I used. You're just kind of rolling your eyes over them, and Ben and I were like, wow, this is great. This is like big pike back home, right? So it was like teeth, they go fast, they fight, they jump. strong if you do hook into a big jack revolve. The biggest issue with with sort of big needlefish is they just shred so much of your leader. Yeah. And they'll get all wrapped up in it, and it's just like, collapse. I hate them. So, really, I think my hair's a little grayer now than it was then. <laughs> I didn't want to say anything. Uh, <laughs> just a little bit. That we were throwing like those really big poppers. Colonel Saunders. Great setup for that. What I had the real loaded up with. That was the first time I used big poppers. I never used big poppers before this trip. You gave me a couple of those Sabils. Sabil splasher. For the most part, I was using anywhere from 40 to 60 pound cigar fluorocarbon on my wind on leader. That's the setup I was using for throwing the top water in Panama. Check it out. Check it out. Stay tuned. When we come back, the guys keep on hauling in fish after fish in the blue waters off the west coast of Panama with Paddle Panama. Jackson Kayak's Kayak Fishing Show is brought to you in part hmm. by Hook One. Everything Did you need to we ever capture the one. whale? You remember that part of the the trip with the 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 I thought it was a tiger shark or a said tiger shark. The whale shark. There was a whale shark. <laughs> was that on this trip? That was on that trip. We were we were in that little behind that island, and we're I was casting into the shoreline right there. And uh, my whole felt my whole boat move. And under it, I looked down and the first it looked where the, the bump came from. And the, I saw probably a three, four foot fin brushing, like literally carrying my boat, like hitting my boat and going down under. And then I looked over to see what it was. And here was this big 20, 30 foot whale shark. And Jim was on the radio. So I like, Jim, shark heading your way. <laughs> like this, and, he's, and he goes, what kind of shark? And I go, a tiger shark? <laughs> Which would have been a bad thing. <laughs> Whale shark, right. good thing. So then you had the shark shield. He threw that on, and it went skedaddle. And then Will, that was his angry episode, was when he found out that he could have been diving with a whale shark. And Well, me I, too. I, me too, because it's like yeah. I've never seen a whale shark in – the wild or in nature and i'm like oh i didn't know that and so i'm like tiger shark but so i start heading toward towards you with my shark shield on just in case it mm -hmm. was around you and then i'm like well what did it look like it's it really big and it had spots <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like no <laughs> first time first time really <clears throat> there we go that was cool i did get it on gopro but i don't know if it made it I, I, it wasn't very good quality. I, I took my GoPro, put it right under, and had it swimming away. I, I still, I still have never seen one. Oh, they're really cool. Uh, yeah, they're really cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's just roll the episode.
You're bringing back bad memories. Ram Kayak Mounts, featuring a complete line of kayak mounts that reveal a world of possibilities. Welcome back. This week, Jim Sammons is fishing with his friends from Jackson Kayak, Ben Roussel, and James Macbeth. It's the after... Pause. Anytime you can paddle in areas like this. Mm -hmm. It's so amazing. I, I mean, I was just sitting there watching that green hill in the background and now in front of the boiler rocks. You you sometimes just forget about the fishing because it's such a cool place to paddle. Yeah. And it's they, they all, and, <clears throat> you remember they had all these cuts and we went to Dead Monkey Bay. Remember that? Yeah. Um, there's all these little cuts in and there's a little sand beach in these cuts. So you could just kind of peel in and have lunch on a sand beach that is only 30 feet, 40 feet wide and peel back out. Um, um, it, you know, mornings were howler monkeys, right? You're waking up to right. the sound of God, you know, King Kong coming through the forest that are two feet tall. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, just everything that was absolutely everything that was, was new to me but also like mind blowing, you know, I was nervous about the boiler rocks. That was, that was nerve wracking a bit. I'm around whitewater all the time, but <clears throat> having it's rocks, different. it's just different. But when you get used to it, it's, it's part, it's the white shows up with the gray rocks and the green background and the sounds and that's all cool. Yeah. And the water is so clear and you can see everything. It's, like I said, I mean, I just wanted to pause it there just because of where we were scrolling by here. Yep. Just because, like I said, it is so cool. And then you cast up into these areas and, you know, you might catch a jack or a kubera or whatever. It's just, I love, I love fishing Panama. It's absolutely mm -hmm. amazing. Afternoon of day two in the crystal clear ocean off the west coast of Panama. And the fishing couldn't be better. The location here at Bahia Honda is, is really unique. Um, it's, it's really remote. You're, you're sleeping under a thatch roof. Uh, you're in the, in, the, in the woods. You hear howler monkeys in the morning. You know, um, the, the waves are lapping up right under your, your tent, essentially. But it's, it's really the, uh, a really a cool experience to come out here and, and just kind of be in a remote location where you can just paddle right out your door. There's a big needle fish. Paddle Panama is really the hub for kayaking in Panama, offering a full service shop for adventure, whitewater and fishing kayaks. And of course, their signature kayak and kayak fishing adventures. Staying with the family here, enjoying a thatched roof and bamboo sided hut uh, overlooking the bay and absolutely everything was handmade, homemade, home cooked, home prepared. Nothing was processed. It was pretty awesome here. Owner Hank Moraes is so passionate about kayaking and local adventure tourism that he decided to reach out to local guides to bring paddlers to super remote locations, starting with the rustic camp at Bahia Honda. Well, right now we're in Bahia Honda, which is sort of on what we would like to call the lost coast of Panama. And it's one of my favorite spots. We are easily an hour, hour and 20 minutes away from the nearest town. So there's very low human impact in this area. Um, right outside in the Bay here is the Cueva National Park. It's a World Heritage Site um, with um, very strict fishing restrictions in and around it. Edwin and Rosaline is our hosts. They're absolutely fantastic people. Their family's been living here for 100 years. 
And um, if it wasn't for Edwin and Rosaline, we would have not been able to have this amazing spot. It is rustic, it's fantastic, and uh, and it's they're just wonderful people. Uh, I started kayak fishing <laughs> and getting out there on your own, hunting on your That's own. That's the other thing no with help, the no assistance. I could and, pull off a shirt list uh, these days with the COVID workouts we've been having, me and my son. So there we go. Can't wait to be in front of the camera with you again, Jimmy, with no shirt on. Uh, yeah, I've gone the other way, so I'll be keeping my shirt on. My goal is number one, conservation. What we're doing here is we're showing the local people here that there is hope for and through tourism, we can have amazing conservation. Hosted by a local family, living under thatched roof houses, and with world-class fishing just steps from your door, this is truly the trip of a lifetime for anglers seeking the ultimate fishing adventure. We've had a great time down here. Um, beautiful remote location. I mean, you couldn't have asked for, for a better, <clears throat> more beautiful spot to be at, and just a very short distance from getting out there on some good fish. So I'm going to pause it right there. Just because so people can see what we how we were staying because I don't know if we actually ever really feature it. So yeah. they have this um, structure built where we actually had to keep the bugs and stuff off of us. We had our tents and they had air mattresses and and the whole thing there. So it was it was quite comfortable if you kept your tent closed. And again, I, I don't remember if it actually made it in either of these episodes. So. I'll spoil it in that we were, I don't know if we were getting ready to, to go to sleep for the night or what it was. No, it was lunch. And Willie went, it went to his tent to get something. And as soon as he touched the zipper, something moved in, in his tent. Uh, yeah. So, am, I, am I telling the story? Well, you started to, so you, you can finish. You remember it better than I do, apparently. <laughs> yeah, no, he's, he, he, I, you know, then it was like, yeah, there's something in there. So we kind of took our paddles and poked around. And sure enough, it was a lime green one, wasn't it? Snake, right. but yeah. it was only about a foot long, really thin. And it looked, you know, nasty. It looked like one of those psycho snakes. So we didn't know. We had no idea. So we, I think we caught, uh, Henny went and got the, uh, what was her name again? Um, Rosalie. We just mentioned it earlier. The, the yeah. owner of the land. She came over and she's like, "No, no, no problem, no problem. I'll just get the boys." So then the boys came over and they were like, "Yeah, no, it's not poison. No, it's poisonous. No, it's poisonous. You know, they're like, it's not poisonous." But then they took long sticks and they're like reaching into the tent. And they lifted up. And as soon as they got the snake out, they chucked it into the woods. And they're like, "Yeah, it kind of looked like they were just as afraid of it as we were than we were." <laughs> Well, I, I, I kind of, I, I don't mind snakes. I like snakes, but I don't know snakes. <laughs> so he's like, I'm mm. certainly not going to go grabbing a snake that I'm not familiar with just to be on the safe side. But yeah. it was pretty good. Good plan. You know, Will kind of freaked out about having a snake in his tent. It's <clears> like, <throat> there's a snake in my tent. Ah. <laughs> uh, there's a couple of shots of you earlier. Uh, I think you were, you had a pompano, didn't you have on there at one point? can't remember what it was um and you had found it just under a debris field and you kept going to different spots and catching fish 
And then I would like quickly follow up to where you were and I'm like, okay, how do we fish this? And oh, well, I'm jigging and look at your fish finder. You can see the, the, the bait ball and you're going down below the bait ball There's fish down there looking up and all that kind of stuff. And then you would, ah, you run out of fish there and we'd take, you'd take off somewhere else and you found a debris field and you're casting into that. I'm like, well, what's the deal here? Well, you never know. You might get a mai mai or, or something floating around the debris. So I, I, like I said, that was my first trip, but I learned, I obviously, I, almost immediately the the absorption started you know i'm like oh okay and uh then you started looking for words we didn't see a lot of birds if i, did, I don't remember seeing a lot of birds in that sh that uh, that shoot no but, no um so no tuna <clears throat> anyways i just like i said at the beginning this is the first trip for me to a, to a place where there's lots to figure out there's lots of fish everywhere and they're fished different ways and right. um um, well, and like I said, for you, who's never fished that kind of area, Ben has never fished that kind of area. And then for me, I have fished it, but still it's a new area. Mm -hmm. So so it's that challenge of figuring out that area. You know, there were certain pinch points where, you know, a little current between an island and the where we were finding fish. And um, so you go over places where, where historically you know that fish should be. Mm. And it's the same whether it's freshwater or saltwater. Um, and then you just got to keep trying. <laughs> there are lots of casts. And then all of a sudden, I know there was that one pinch point that we went through and just got destroyed by a big fish. Um, it was probably a big Kubera came out and hit a lure and just smoked us. Yep. So, like I said, so, so cool. So much fun stuff to see. And so let's keep it rolling. Most kayak anglers are people who love fishing and figure out that a kayak is a great way to get on the water. That unfortunately means that they rarely learn proper paddling technique. This week, paddling instructor James Macbeth gives us a few tips. I'm now an instructor. Paddling instructor. Brought to you by Yak Attack. My first ever kayak fishing show fishing tip or paddling tip. Accessories for kayak fishermen by kayak fishermen. One of the most important things in paddling big water like this is making sure that you're conserving as much energy as possible. What that means is you're using your paddle technique to conserve energy and to actually get to where you need to go with the least amount of energy. Key to that is using the proper... Look at that technique. Beauty. These may be big pipes and all, <laughs> but the reality is... You have it's like an infomercial. These may be big pipes arm, and all. You're really not taking advantage of some of the larger muscle groups. What I'm talking about, of course, is your core. Your core is key to the best paddle stroke possible. So here, I'm making the mistake that a lot of people do is they just use their arms. And when I start using my tor torso, you can really see how much more power I get from each stroke, keeping that arm nice and straight in front of you. To do that, you want to put your paddle in the water at the right time, and you want to take it out at the right time. Thanks, James. Most importantly, you're building up that energy. You're putting your paddle blade in. <laughs> you are the man. And you're uncocking that energy and bringing it out right as you pass your buttocks. Buttocks. What I like to do is when I'm paddling, I like to see my life jacket go at 45 degrees. So I'm paddling, keeping my arms straight so I can actually use, uh, think about using my, my core versus my arms. If you're bending your arms like this a lot, tends to just use your arms. But if you're using that whole core momentum, looking down at your life jacket, you see that V going back and forth right here. Don't look down the whole jacket. time because then that you like run into stuff. <laughs> so once again, really focus on that. Well, 
Let me put it this way. I can appreciate this because I'm a paddler. I appreciate good paddling technique. I watched a another um, well-known kayak fisherman that did a kayak fishing paddling instructional. And it was 100% arms. It's like... Mm. You're trying to teach people how to paddle and you don't know how to paddle. It literally was like this. It's like yeah. learning I think, I think, technique is, is so important. And yeah, don't they, teach it if you actually, unless you actually know it. <laughs> uh, there's, I mean, unlike a touring and whitewater, there's not a lot of formal kayak schools. There's some popping up now you'll see in not most regions, but there's a lot of popular kayak regions you'll see kayak fishing lessons where you'd learn how to properly paddle a kayak. They're few and far between. Um, in whitewater and touring, you have certification programs, for example, and, and lots of schools and, and things like that. And what I'm finding over the last five, 10 years is that anglers are getting into kayak fishing are now kind of evolving into becoming kayakers themselves. You know, they're exploring like this. We're exploring new waters, which is exploration. It's not you know, it's not every fisherman who gets to do something like a Panama or a new, new, new lake in the, even if it's in their own region, at least they're trying to get on the water into new waters. And that brings a whole plethora of new learning from paddle strokes to what gear to use. Um, kayakers are in on the water, very close to the water. So then your different environments dictate different gear and stuff like that. So becoming kayakers, I think a lot more and more becoming kayakers as well as kayak anglers. So. It's cool. Yeah, I like for it. sure. For sure. Not using your just your arms and doing a little lily dipping kind of paddle stroke. Use your whole core. Involve your whole core. Keep your arms straight as possible. You can use your elbows to bring it in, your arms to bring in, but make sure that you're using your proper technique by moving that core back and forth. Look at that V every time you paddle. I'm James Macbeth, and that's your kayak fishing tip of the week. Nailed it. Stay tuned. Boom. When we come back, the guys start to nail down the pattern and the fishing picks up as the Panamanian adventure continues. Jackson Kayak's Kayak Fishing Show is brought to you in part by DeLorme InReach. Follow We're going to skip over that. <laughs> Yak Attack Accessories. <laughs> Welcome back. This week, we joined we had James, some calm Sanders, days. James Macbeth and Ben Rousseau yeah. as they're hosted by Paddle Panama owner. And that was the spot right there. Yep. On the remote beach. Yeah, I remember that. Honda. Took us a little while to figure out the location, you know, and like it always does. Look like at that technique. Spot. I have no idea. That was probably one of the coolest things is the variety of things here. I got to catch the uh, jack, like my first jack. Never caught that. That was really a, a treat. Um, yeah, there's an amberjack. Uh, Jack Craval, amberjack. Um, we had a bay there, like the, that really uh, turquoise blue azure bay that had all the Jack Cravals in there, and we we're just getting smashed. I didn't I don't think we hooked up a lot of them. I think you got one. A lot of activity. They were uh, really, really fun. That was the spot the right there. But really, just a really diverse fishery here. It was really unique. So Henny's been uh, texting me, and he's working with the Pan American Championships uh, kayak fishing, and he, I think he's also associated with this trolling championships that's happening at Bahana in November. Um, so we've been back and forth a little bit. Love to go back. 
Yeah, I've been talking to Henny a little bit as well on um, Henny Murray being Henny Murray, not Henny Mareus. Will, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, Henny, Henny's got some stuff going on, and I'm I definitely uh, am trying to uh, get back down there with him. He's working on some big boat stuff where we might be able to get some kayaks on big boats and explore some other areas. So. It's all great stuff. Like I said, Panama, it, it's still it, it basically at, at the top of my favorite places that I get to go to on a semi-regular basis. I absolutely love it. There you go. There's a little Jack on the little popper. When you don't have the pliers, use your boat grip. <laughs> and that was also the first time I've ever seen uh, Rays do that dance. Oh, they Remember flip. They're popping up out of the water. I don't know if we got that. If I mean, I mean, Will should have got that on camera, but Kelsey would have got it. Kelsey would have got it. <laughs> Kelsey's another videographer that we get to uh, bug Will about. What do we got there? Another Jack? That's Pompano. Yeah. That one probably went in the cooler because Pompano is delicious. Mm. It did. <laughs> in my angle cooler because Pompano are delicious. <laughs> wow, I even said it for him. My bait, my bait box. Yeah. I'm <laughs> like casting across my. Was that? <laughs> was that? Oh, that was me. <laughs> there you go. I figured if, if you're catching all the fish, they're probably where you are. So Yeah, I hook up and then you guys cast right next to me. No. I think what happened was yeah. it was chasing my line and I and I brought it to your line. Uh, I got that's you. What, that's what happens all the time. Yeah. I'm like, poor Jimmy's not catching any fish. Let me bring a fish to him. And then it's been pretty pretty regular on these Jack Raval on the poppers. Yeah, that was that little section I was talking about where there was, oh, it was pretty shallow in there and these things are ripping around everywhere. Oh, they're always such tough fish. Yeah, it's not a nice, pretty fish, nice little hard, jack. Really fun. You got to come down and paddle Panama. And people consider jacks, jack of all trash yeah. fish. And it's like, yeah, they can be trash fish all they want. They are so fun to catch. Yeah, not when you're fishing for bass all the time. <laughs> yeah. Your face is getting redder and redder. Quick drying, and just your foot is protected. The bottom of your feet, it's great for climbing around on rocks. Uh, when my feet are in the kayak on the foot pegs, they're very well protected. Also protects the top of my. There's that big rooster. I think that's in the second episode. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely a, a show-ending fish. Like being barefoot. That was a good one. Three T barefoot shoe. Oh yeah, I'm a little red there. All <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> the third day comes to a close, and the guys head in to clean their catch and cook it up. But the mm. adventure is far from over. Join us next week as the adventure on the lost coast of Panama continues. And Jim Hall. Yeah, they knew how to handle that fish for sure. There's that sleeveless wonder. Are the paddling too much? I've got pit rash. And then I put on deodorant. 
I remember that. That's, yeah. uh, there we go. Well, thanks for taking me on that adventure, Jimmy. Well, thanks. Thanks for reliving it with me, James. We have a couple comments here. Uh, before we go, well, of course, Gene Wilson, you know, saying you are the man. Uh, David Swindley, my line of work, I get to see a lot of kayaks. And honestly, the big rig is my personal favorite. Mm-hmm. We don't get to see many here in Australia. It's great to see it out on the bay. That place looks amazing. Yeah, it, the, the place in Panama was absolutely amazing. Like I said, I got contacted by a guy about uh, us going out to Australia. Do we have much of the way of Jackson Kayak distribution in Australia? Yeah, there's a distributor there. Um, we have a couple of team members. Uh, it's been hard, you know, uh, tariffs and stuff like that have really slowed things down. Um, I'm not sure if it's that affected in Australia, but uh, it's definitely we don't send containers there every day kind of thing. But we do once a year at least, yeah. We have blue skies out there now. There's a couple really? of loose guys got out there. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Very, very cool. Yeah. No, I, I'll, and, I'll, echo, I'll echo the big rig thing. It my the original is one of my favorites. Um, uh, the only time I had trouble that trip was when the wind was blowing. And I remember that one day we made, we did a big charge down the coastline trolling, right. I think the three of us and the, the boat would go up over the wave against the wind and the wind would hit the bottom of the boat and it'd be like, Oh, so they, they didn't carry as much energy uh, going forward that day. I remember I was pretty tired, but I certainly didn't put uh, armpit deodorant underneath my arms. Yeah. After that well, one. I tell you what though, if somebody wants a super fun standable boat, hmm. there's other than the blue sky, <clears throat> there's not much more standable than the big rig. I mean, yep. like I said, I remember uh, I caught a tarpon standing up in it in uh, Puerto Rico. Yep. I mean, yep. It, it's not my favorite boat to paddle. I will admit it, but it is certainly a fun boat to fish off of. And, yep. and if you're stand up sight casting, like I said, other than the blue sky, it, it's hard to beat it. Yep. Um, Corey says, Hey Jim, how you doing, man? Thanks for joining us. Uh, Henny Murray, our, uh, our host on the trip with paddle Panama uh, says that's the only spot in Panama with 365 days a year of calm water. That's cool. Yeah. It was, I believe it. Yeah. There's a good I mean, cut bay kind of system there protected by that big Island. Right. Um, uh, he said uh, other places are exposed to the South wind. Uh, I guess Koiba Island is offshore there. So it's protecting yep. it. So you're not getting a whole lot yep. of, it's breaking up the wind and breaking the swell. If you ever have the chance to actually fish out of Koiba Island, it's pretty amazing as well. And he says, remember Will Snake? Yeah, we actually brought that up earlier in the uh, while we were chatting, if if you left us for a bit. But uh, And uh, Gene says, thanks. Uh, says, great show. Thank you, Gene. I appreciate it. And, of course, Henny says, let's do it again. Where do we sign up, Henny? <laughs> Where do we sign up? You know I want to go back to Panama. And, and actually, speaking of Panama, um, I posted it last week. Regulations there, things are loosening up. We are able mm-hmm. to travel there now. Yeah, there's uh, been a few so, trips going through to Los Busos already. Um, yeah, and uh, you do have to follow some guidelines. You know, you have to have your COVID test and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. But at least it's open. It's one of the few places that are open. Like I said, I was talking to my friends in New Zealand uh, who invited us over. I'm like, yeah, but can we come over? 
They're like, no, <laughs> travels totally. Yeah. yeah, that's a great way to invite me over. Hey, Jim, come on out. But you can't. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Henny, thank you so much for joining us and uh, and uh, joining with us on the show and asking some questions and making some comments. I really uh, appreciate it, James. Thank you so much for joining me here, man. It's been fun. We haven't talked yep, in weeks. Week, so uh, yeah, I wish you were on some of the adventures we're having up here in Canada. It was this time last year you were here brushing icicles off your kayak going fishing that's, with Dennis and I. That's right. right. That was fun. That was fun. Yeah. You got to go up there and see Will. Of course, Will turned into like Mr. Atlas or something. Yeah, he's weird. Yeah, that exercise thing. <laughs> yeah, no, he's a machine now. You will. Anyway, James, you take care, man. Thanks, Jimmy. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Well, thanks everybody for joining us. I really appreciate it. Remember, we are here every Tuesday and Thursday at this same time doing uh, live commentary during our older episodes. This Thursday will be the Ocean Kayak Years. I don't even remember what episode it is. Um, I think it's actually, I want to say we're in Costa Rica, actually. Uh, so please join us on Thursday. And then pretty sure on Friday, we're going to do a premiere video of uh, our lobster hoop netting show, uh, which uh, is kind of a tease of another project I have going. So please join us then, and uh, but I'll announce that, that later. So anyway, I really appreciate you all being here. If you are going out on the water, please remember, always wear your PFD and keep a paddle right side up. I'll take care. <laughs>